0: Watching so many really devastating and, frankly, horrific images uh, coming out of Israel, coming out of Gaza, um, as the conflict between Israel and Hamas moves into now its second week. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of a catch up in terms of what has been significant that took place over the weekend and talk about where we think this might Ultimately, go. Our guest is an adjunct professor of political science at King's University College. His areas of expertise are the prospect of, of a regional war, international relations, comparative politics, and the politics of the Middle East. Jagger Hassan is joining me. Jagger, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it.
1: It's my pleasure, Chelsea. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Let's talk about some of the significant events that have taken place over the weekend. I know that there was a 24-hour call to evacuate uh, for residents of Gaza. Now that has come and gone. So where does that leave all of those people that are trying to flee, Jagger?
1: Yes, uh, first I'd like to express my condolences, uh, as you mentioned, to all of the civilians who are suffering at this time uh, in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. Uh, in terms of your question, what happens now is uh, we're watching as hundreds of thousands of Gazans make their way out of the evacuation zone, uh, making their way south uh, into the Gaza Strip. And uh, we're also watching the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF, build up its, uh, its forces along its border with Gaza uh, as, uh, as we watch, yeah, the, the conflict to, to unfold and we wait and expect the Israeli forces to make their way into the Gaza Strip.
0: I know that there are limited options. Egypt, for example, has closed its borders. Uh, where does that leave people in terms of where they can flee?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there's very few options. So uh, if, if, you can, if you can picture the Gaza Strip, it's a very narrow strip along the Mediterranean Sea, uh, in terms of size, to give you some sort of context, it's about half the size of Edmonton in square kilometres. And uh, it's host to just, just over 2 million people. So that should give you some sort of context and, and hopefully you can sort of imagine what it's like for uh, about a million people to move from the north towards the south. Uh, and, and to your point, uh, the Rafa crossing between the Gaza Strip and Egypt so far egypt has been uh, quite reluctant to open that crossing it continues to face pressure from uh, from western countries such as the us and the european countries uh, we we should expect that at some point egypt will open the border at least to palestinians who have uh, foreign passports uh, american or european or even canadian uh, that they should at least be allowed to cross into egypt uh, whether or not Egypt opens the border to other Palestinians, uh, it, it seems unlikely at this point, but we'll have to wait and see.
0: I think, you know, painting the picture of the size and the scale of the area that we're talking about really helps, but, but it's it's so hard to wrap your head around the fact that there are a million people or hundreds of thousands at this point now, Jagger, trying to get across what's a, a war-torn country or war-torn area. Is it fair to assume that Hamas has likely set up blockades or... Um, is trying to make it harder for these people to get out.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, Hamas has been uh, has been quite clear. It's uh, encouraging, dare I say, telling uh, Gazans not to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you can imagine, this is for obvious reasons. They want uh, want to use the Gazan uh, civilian population as as sort of a human shield against uh, Israeli strikes and uh, uh, an Israeli incursion into the Gaza Strip.
0: Let's. Up a little bit and talk uh, about the, the politics that exist in this part of the world. So you know, you mentioned that Egypt will let um, certain people, certain Palestinians, into their borders, and then there's also the question about Lebanon's role in this up to the north. Um, what are the relationships between these three countries?
1: Yeah. So so uh, Egypt has had strained relations with uh, with Israel since its founding. Uh, it, it of course went to war with Israel. Uh, And uh, so the relations are are tense and fraught Uh, in terms uh, of—that's to the south of Israel. To the north, uh, with Lebanon, uh, I I think what what we're really talking about here in terms of relations is uh, the presence and role of a group called Hezbollah in in Lebanon uh, and its relationship to the Israelis and the Palestinians. So Hezbollah is a militant group in Lebanon— that has uh for for decades now uh launched air uh, missiles uh against Israel and uh if uh you recall or some of your listeners may recall the 2006 Lebanon war Uh, was was uh, instigated largely by the actions of Hezbollah. And uh, the fear, of course, is that this conflict between Hamas and and Israel may escalate into a broader regional conflict where the likes of Hezbollah might be drawn in uh, and where Iran may have some sort of role to play, whether that's uh, Providing weapons and intelligence to Hamas and Hezbollah, but, but yeah, that's that's the fear in terms of the neighboring countries and neighboring groups that may be involved.
0: So the idea being that Iran and Hezbollah from Lebanon would then be on the side of Hamas, creating what would be uh, a larger scale conflict. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and for Israel, with that, with the the challenge that would uh, create, of course, is it would create a two front war. Uh, one in the north with with Hezbollah, and then one uh, in the south against uh, Hamas. Uh,
0: ultimately, what do you think the likelihood is of that taking place? I mean, are we talking about after seeing so many brutal images, um, any chance of a ceasefire, or are we only really assuming that this is going to escalate?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think we unfortunately we should expect that this will escalate. Uh, we're already starting to see uh, exchanges of missile fire between Hezbollah and uh, the Israeli forces and uh, once is the israeli forces uh move into into gaza and of course unfortunately the civilian casualties will will increase that will likely draw in hezbollah uh that, that will that will intensify the conflict hezbollah will be drawn in uh, and, and beyond that, unfortunately, it's difficult to sort of uh, assess what, what might happen. But certainly we should expect this will escalate in, in the short term. In terms of a ceasefire, at this point, I can't imagine uh, a ceasefire anytime soon. Israel has, has very clearly said they need to, they will wipe out Hamas. Uh, and, and that may take a very long time.
0: I, I've read, and I'm hoping that you can correct this or, or comment on this, um, that Hamas at this point is more of an idea than, than a people. Can you expand on that?
1: So I, I think that what, what that might be referring to is that uh, the, the, Palis, the Palestinian population is divided between Gaza and the West Bank. And their leadership is also divided between Hamas uh, in Gaza and Fatah in the West Bank. Whereas Fatah has sort of uh, denounced violence, uh, Hamas is, is explicitly a militant uh, Islamist violent group that has vowed to, to wipe out Israel. Uh, and, and so I think that that's what it might be, that, that the, their idea is fundamentally different from uh, the other key uh, Palestinian group. But, but in, terms of, uh, in terms of as a group, it, uh, it, it has a leadership, of course. It has a political wing that governs, uh, that administers uh, Gaza. And it, it has uh, a large, uh, some estimates say up to 30,000 uh, militants. Hmm.
0: Talk if you if you can about the the political ideology of Israel itself. Quite right wing, from the way that I understand it, under under Benjamin Netanyahu's leadership. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, that's right. So 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 uh, Israel over the last uh, six eight years under the leadership of, of Netanyahu, he his, his political party is a small C conservative right wing party. Uh, the the reason why perhaps it's been hold even more to the right is because Israel has a proportional representation system, which means that it's very difficult for a single party to win a majority. Mm. And so for a, for a party to, to uh, govern, it has to uh, agree to coalition governments. And in the case of Netanyahu, uh, for its most recent government, it, he has brought in uh, elements that I think we can say are, are more to the right or, or even far right. Uh, and uh, some of whom, some of these actors, some of these characters are quite unsavory, uh, and, and they've made statements that are quite inflammatory in terms of uh, the, 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 uh, the Palestinians and whether or not the Palestinians have a right to be there and so on. And, and so uh, I, I think history will look back on this, and, and I think some of the blame... Uh, will be shouldered by Netanyahu in in the way his right wing government has uh, has governed over the last several
0: years. Jager, if you can summarize, and I know that this is it's layered and it's complex, but what is the ultimate goal for both Israel and for Hamas in this conflict?
1: Yeah. So, as as I mentioned, for Hamas, their their sort of ultimate objective is to wipe out Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's they're, they're very explicit and clear about that. Uh, but I think a more realistic goal is probably uh, to to establish some sort of Palestinian state, uh, whether whether that's with the West Bank or independent of it. For, for israel uh, the the immediate goal uh, in, and I think this is something new in, in response to this uh, surprise attack by Hamas, the immediate goal is to wipe out Hamas uh, and, and again, we can see this uh, the the strategy is to uh, initially bomb uh, Hamas targets and then uh, amass troops on the border and uh, there will be some sort of ground uh, incursion into into Gaza. Again, with the goal of uh, completely destroying Hamas. Uh, whether or not that's realistic, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Well, can you speak to the mindset of the people of Israel, the people uh, and, and Palestinians, then, and their own interpretation or feelings regarding this conflict?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we, we can only imagine what they're feeling, uh, how difficult they must be, how, uh, the, the kind of fear I, I think that, that they must be experiencing and, and the kind of trauma they must be experiencing. Uh, but I, I think I would say like any, any sort of society, both the Israelis and the Palestinians are, are divided in terms of what kind of uh, approach their, their governments uh-huh. and their leadership should take in responding to this crisis. Uh, we know for a long time, of course, uh, there, there's many people in, in Israel uh, that have called on the government to to compromise, to negotiate uh, some form of two-state solution with the Palestinians. Uh, and I, I think it's similar on the Palestinian side. I think there are many Palestinians who whose only goal is to live in peace, uh, whether that's uh, in Gaza or whether that's in some form of Palestinian state. Uh, and, and unfortunately, as is often the case, the, the population, the, vi- the civilians are often become the victims of these conflicts. Mm-hmm.
0: Jager, thank you so much for your great insight on this. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Of course. That's Jager Hassan, adjunct professor of political science at King's University College. Um, and as I mentioned, his areas of expertise, as you can tell, a prospect of a regional war, international relations, comparative politics, and the politics overall of the Middle East, an area that we have all been paying very close attention to.